0: Oh i playing that for a reason. That's how the Olympic Games in Tokyo began this week with John Lennon's song. Uh, Just think of the lyrics there. There's the whole world gathered. Uh, Well, you know, representatives of the whole world. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Uh Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. So um, that's the way the Olympics in Tokyo started. And it really is actually fitting, is it not, that the world should find as their theme for this year's Olympics a godless Uh, society where there are no country boundaries, where there's no distinctions, and you just live for today. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we shall die. sounds very um, reminiscent of the way the left wants to live, and this is how the left feels, and this is who's ruling the world and running the countries. It's really such a contrast. You know, the Olympic Games has such a rich history. I know about this. My former husband was an Olympian, So that was part of the world in which I traversed for a long time. Uh, And it was a beautiful thing. I mean, it was kind of a thing of patriotism. It was hard work and effort. Early athletes were not paid for their endeavors, you know. They just uh, worked hard. It was a very... um, uh, let's just say, a very pure endeavor for the most part. And then countries started paying their athletes. But it was it was a love of country. It was love of the sport. It was hard work. It was a celebration. Really, this was a celebration of human achievement, nation's achievement. It became a rivalry, sometimes good, sometimes not, between nations. But it was something that had for centuries uh, been uh, just enjoyable for the whole world with these great ceremonies and coming together. But now, uh, like everything else in our world, uh, the Olympics have been... Perverted. It's uh, Japan is having this one, and it's had its own controversies. We haven't said much about it. I'm not going to get sidetracked. You can see that news other places uh, and not here. But it brings me to a, a something that happened this week in Congress, and it's an interaction between Senator Tom Cotton and Paul Lally, who is the global head of human rights uh, for Coca-Cola. They are one of the big supporters of the next Olympics, and that's the one that China uh, is uh, hoping to have. China. China, with its uh, global grab, which it's, with its publicly announced desire to take over the world, to dominate, to take over countries, to subject, to torture and murder and disappear all kinds of people, China. So Senator Cotton was uh, having an interaction, it was a congressional hearing, with Paul Alley, global head of human rights, and it's worth listening to, so let's do, here it is.
2: So, you, you, your company said at the time that we will continue to stand up for what is right in Georgia and across the United States. So, are we to take from your uh, that statement at the time that Coca-Cola will not stand up for what is right outside the United States, because that's what it sounds like this morning in this testimony?
3: No, Senator. We, we stand up for what is right across the world. We apply the same human rights principles in the United States that we do across the world.
2: Do you believe that uh, the Chinese Communist Party is committing genocide
3: against the Uyghur people? We're aware of the reports of the State Department on this issue, as well as other departments uh, of the U.S. government. We respect those reports. They continue to inform our program, as do reports from other from civil society. Uh, so That's what
2: I'm talking, talking about. Uh, under questioning from Senator Merkley and Representative McGovern and Representative Chris Smith, every single one of you refused to say a single word. By all appearances, that will cost you one bit of market share inside of mainland China. Um, Mr. Lawley, for instance, um, you were asked if, if Coca-Cola would call for the IOC to delay the Chinese Olympics, to give a chance for them to be rebid or for China to stop its genocide against its own people. And you said uh, that Coca-Cola, quote, I think this is your exact words, quote, doesn't have a say, in quote. So can you, can you tell me why Coca-Cola doesn't have a say in whether it sponsors the genocide Olympics next year, but it does have a say in how the state of Georgia runs its election laws?
3: Senator, what I, what I stated was that we do not have a say in the selection of the host city, nor on whether an Olympics is, is postponed or relocated.
0: You know, so Senator Cotton wasn't finished. And what he's referring to, I know you remember, is that the Coca-Cola uh, came out uh, with a public statement against Georgia's voter cleanup laws, which were actually very mild and disappointing to many people that I know. Uh, they were not nearly as, given all that happened in Georgia in the uh, November election, should have been a lot stronger than they were. But Coca-Cola comes out objecting to Georgia's voting law and, and making threats. So Senator Cotton wasn't letting that go. He kept going with Mr. Lolly of Coca-Cola. Let's listen.
2: You, yeah, so you don't, uh, but you could just make a statement. Your CEO could saddle up the same moral high horse that he got on when Georgia passed its election law and write a letter to the IOC and ask them to. Anybody could do that. As stated, we if he's an American citizen, that's his rights under our Constitution.
3: As I stated, we are most engaged on policy issues here at home. But we are clear in our respect for human rights globally.
2: Can you so can you explain to me why James Quincy will not denounce a democratically elected legislatures laws, but he will not simply say that the IOC should consider rebidding its Olympics or that Coca Cola should consider sponsoring the genocide Olympics? What's the what's the difference there?
3: our role as a sponsor is to support and follow the athletes. So
2: so so you're sponsoring the genocide Olympics, you are spending millions of dollars to sponsor the genocide Olympics, yet you will not opine on any matter about it Yet you will stick your nose in the Georgia legislature's election reform laws. Can you explain to me the contrast?
3: First, let me say that we did not Make decisions on these host locations. We support and follow the athletes wherever they compete. Yeah, no, I've that's heard you talking enough. points. I'm tired of
2: hearing them, Mr.
0: Long. That's all right, but you get the point. And uh, good for Tom Cotton for doing that. So, the whole world really has grown mad. But but why not? That think of the uh, imagine. There's no heaven. Imagine there's no hell. We just live for today. Wouldn't that be great? That's what the world is listening to and agreeing with. And so that's why we're where we are. It's uh, we've got we've descended into madness because we're not acknowledging the creator of our world, the creator of us, the person that put the stars in place and created order. We want to descend into chaos, and we think that's going to be better. So here we are descending, uh, and that reminds me. Now, China wants to have the Olympics. This is a story related to what we talked about a great deal this week, and that was the January 6th select committee. But maybe this story you might not have heard. Uh, A New York Times journalist named Katie Benner tweeted uh, to the select committee, She said, today's January 6th select committee underscores the America's current essential NATSEC dilemma. Work to combat legitimate national security threats now entails calling a politician's supporters enemies of the state. So those people that you're talking about are enemies of the state. So, people were kind of surprised that a New York Times reporter would say that. And the New York Times came out and said maybe she'd gone over the mark, too. And I think they, I don't know if they released her. Uh, I don't know what they did. But we find out now more about Katie Benner. Katie Benner uh, isn't quite what she appears to be. She's, she, you can see her in her picture on her tweet that she looks like Katie Benner. But her actual picture is that she is very Chinese. Katie Benner used to write freelance for the Beijing Review, China's only national news magazine in English, published by the Chinese Communist Party-owned China International Publishing Group. In fact, uh, the Beijing Review was designated by the U.S. State Department in 2020 as a foreign mission of China. So Katie Benner, the Chinese operative, is the one who writes for the New York Times who called... People that were in the Capitol on January 6th, uh, enemies of the state. Just uh, just want you to know that. That's pretty important. Okay, so speaking of that, uh, the hearing took place, the first one, uh, at the first of the week. And we talked about the three officers, uh, Capitol Police and also uh, D.C. Police. There were four of them, sorry, that testified. Daniel Hodges, I just wanted to remind you of what he said, because it's important, this is Daniel Hodges talking about his experience, maybe. click Clip 25.
1: Themselves to be Christians. I saw the Christian flag directly to my front. Another read, Jesus is my savior. Trump is my president. Another, Jesus is king. One flag read, don't give up the ship. Another had crossed rifles beneath the skull, emblazoned with the pattern of the American flag. To my perpetual confusion, I saw the thin blue line flag, a symbol of support for law enforcement more than once, being carried by the terrorists as they ignored our commands and continued to assault us. The acrid sting of CS gas or tear gas and OC spray, which is mace, hung in the air as the terrorists threw threw our own CS gas canisters back at us and sprayed us with their own OC, either they bought themselves or stole from us.
0: a lot lot of editorial in there. Uh, So it was Christians. It was Christians. He describes them in detail. So it's just perfect that Daniel Hodges, the policeman, who I do not denigrate or take away from whatever trauma he may experience. What I take away from is his editorial remarks. These were all Christians. I saw it. But this is perfect because this is what the left said. Christians and racists. So Harry Dunn, the other officer, uh, weighed in, and you have to be reminded of what he testified to. And then I'm going to tell you more information that we've learned about Harry Dunn. This is clip 15.
1: One woman in a pink MAGA shirt yelled, You hear that, guys? This voted for Joe Biden. Then the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in screaming, Boo! No one had ever, ever called me a. While wearing the uniform of a Capitol police officer.
0: All right, so I'm going to stop. And he days. goes on to say, he's you know he's practically crying. He said they called him that, and uh, look, I as I said yesterday or two days ago, he he could have heard someone say that. I don't deny that, but what I didn't, what I doubt very seriously, that there were large groups of people shouting the N word at Harry Dunn and other black officers. I find that hard to believe. And if it was the case, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't we know about this? Wouldn't we have audio on that? They had audio everywhere. Uh, so we looked at Harry Dunn's uh, t- um, Twitter account, and I shared quite a bit of it with you a couple of days ago, and we find out that he's very much into racism. Racism is a big deal for him, but I did not know until I read uh, this that he was a Black Lives Matter activist. There's a picture of uh, Harry Dunn with, uh, it looks like it might be his daughter, I don't know, uh, black fathers matter black lives matter they're at black lives matter plaza and the big uh, banner is behind them uh, and we have other uh, <clears throat> other things that he is uh, he has been saying about racism so we know that harry dunn is a racist himself he's a black lives matter activist racist so it's a little hard to take him seriously by the way the national police association has called pelosi's hearing a dog and pony show and they are calling for an investigation of the George Floyd riots that resulted in a thousand times more damage. A very interesting article on that. Also, there is another guy uh, that's in, uh, being held in the D.C. jail, Paul Johnson, a peaceful protester. His home was raided before dawn on April 13th. Uh, dozens of armed agents in tactical gear pointed guns at their 7-, 8-, and 14-year-old children. Children forced outside in 42-degree weather while the FBI raided their home for four hours. They were refused a lawyer. Uh, That's just one other person who's being held in that D.C. jail. And by the way, uh, yesterday our our, uh, uh, congressman hero went to the jail and they held a press conference. And we'll find out more about that on Monday, actually. Uh, But uh, continue to pray and uh, continue to do all that you can to help those people. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
1: Sandy Rios
2: in the morning on American Family Radio.
0: i Sandy Rios back with you, and uh, happy to be here at uh, CPAC in Dallas, Texas. You never know who you're going to meet, and I've met such great people. Uh, just a few minutes ago, I met someone that we've already met, but not in person. Joe Kent uh, was our guest probably about three months ago, I'm guessing. Uh, Joe is a, okay, this is all by memory here, Joe, but he's a special services guy who lost his wife uh, in battle. Uh, so he's a gold star dad, uh, and um Gold Star Husband and whatever else you want to say. But uh, Joe, thanks for joining us. Can Come a little closer there.
4: Thanks so much for having me. Um,
0: so mm-hmm. how you are running for Congress in the Washington 3rd District, That's right. Washington State. How's your race going?
4: It's going very well. We just got back some really positive polling. Uh, fundraising's going really well. There's just a groundswell of support of people who want to see America First take this country back.
0: Yes. You know, I I was so, it was like a, a kick in my stomach when L Stutzman, who is from I don't know if she's from your district, but she's from Washington State. She's the cake baker, just the most gracious Mm -hmm. lady who was set up by two, uh, uh, actually I think one of the guys was a regular customer of hers and he decided to get married and set her up and ask her to bake a cake and she felt, he knew she didn't want to do that. And so uh, now the Supreme Court has refused to hear her case what are people saying about that in Washington? Is it just they don't talk about it? Or are they upset about it?
4: Oh, no, they're very upset about it. I mean, it, it's just the constant infringement on people's rights that we've really seen come to light because of COVID. Yep. But that happened before COVID. So that's just, right. you know, really just another infringement that people have been dealing with. And they feel the heavy hand of the government and how it's completely targeting Christian families and yes. people with traditional traditional Christian values. And I think with COVID and the election being stolen, we've really seen that the target of the far left and the establishment is the Christian family. They want to break up the Christian family, and they want to assault everything that is American in order to get full control.
0: You know, it's funny, you just said the the, the election was stolen. You understand that that's a big lie, right? <laughs> I, you know, I was in a meeting yesterday, um, and the, the, the comment was made, you know what, hang on a second. Let's sure. bring in our next guest, because he's going to want to comment on this too. All right, you got, a, you got a compatriot from the other side of the country, right. Mike Collins, who's running in Georgia 10. Mike, Georgia is kind of the eye of the storm, at least in part, here for this recount, right?
5: It is, and I've been sitting over here squirming when you started talking about elections. So Uh, we've had our problems in the state of Georgia.
0: Boy, you have. You really have. That's just an amazing story. Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, I mean, uh, Nevada. I mean, I was, yeah, we lived through all of this. And so, uh, but Mike, um, you are a businessman, correct?
5: That's correct. I'm in. I'm in the trucking industry.
0: All right. And uh, my my understanding is that you did a commercial where you you wait, wait, tell me, you were riding between two of your trucks doing this commercial. Like, explain that for me.
5: I think that was a weaker moment.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm a few years older from that commercial, but yeah, it was the spoof on the old Van Dam commercial where he did the split oh. between the two Volvos. Oh, oh okay. I didn't realize that Van Damme had a harness.
0: <laughs> Mikey didn't
5: have a harness. <laughs> the only advice I got was, "Don't fall."
0: <laughs> so did you?
5: No, no, I, I wrote it out.
0: <laughs> Were you running for something then, or just stri- advertising?
5: You know, no, I was. I was actually a candidate for Congress, uh, and that was seven years ago. And and it's so ironic how things work in your life. Um, the guy that I was running against, it was an open seat, was Jody Heiss. Oh, yes. And Jody Heiss, our current congressman, is now running for secretary of state.
0: Oh, he to is. To replace that. Uh, Brad Raffensperger? Well, you've got that, a good that, name for it. He's I'll a Republican. You... That's what they keep telling me. That's, he's a Republican. Yeah. yeah,
5: he keeps saying he's Republican. But, uh, but yeah, and it, but it's kind of ironic how life works itself out.
0: Yeah, it really is. Jody's a great guy, so that, that'll and be an interesting And he's done a great race. job. He yeah. has. Yeah, he has.
5: And, and we've got a excellent opportunity to put someone, you know, when we ran, we were virtually tied in the primary, and then he edged me out in the runoff. So I, I like to tell folks, you know, if if you like what you had in Jody, there's not any difference, really, in the, in the two of us, except he was a preacher and I was a trucking company.
0: Executive. <laughs> and they're just alike, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he has a little
5: better connection going up than I did. You, know? you must have had some connection
0: when you were riding between those two trucks. Uh, I
5: was definitely praying a little bit.
0: <laughs> so Georgia 10, uh, explain where that is. Ooh, You could just
5: about close your eyes, I think, throw a dart at the state of Georgia and hit this thing. It uh, it runs from what we call I seventy five, which goes down the middle of Georgia, mm-hmm. and it runs east all the way to the South Carolina border.
0: Okay, so big.
5: It's big. It's twenty five counties. I rode I- half of it the day before yesterday, and it was three hundred twenty miles. So.
0: Wow. <laughs> Who's your? Is it's an open seat?
5: It is. It's all open. right. So
0: so. Pretty good chance of winning this. It seems we're, like this time around,
5: we're going to win this. One. Yeah. Yes, ma'am.
0: And how about you, Joe? Do you have some competition? You know, some stiff competition. You, you're you are
4: I'm, I'm challenging
0: primary. a. Oh, a, this is a guy who voted against impeachment, right? Yep. Uh, Before uh, impeachment, uh, a female,
4: I mean. so Jamie Herrera Butler, oh, so Representative okay. Butler. So she voted for the impeachment of President Trump. She voted to stop construction of the border wall. She said nothing as Antifa marched from Portland into our district. Uh, targeted our business owners, burned our, you know, city down essentially. It said nothing until it's time to vote with Democrats to prevent Trump from deploying troops to quell that violence. She's voted for all the endless wars. So she's a Republican in name only. So we're getting a good deal of support right now, great grassroots support. I'm only trailing a 10-year incumbent by 7 points right now. I've only been at this since February. I'm 10 points ahead of my nearest competitor. So we're getting a good deal of support from the base just because people are so fired Listen, up about it, what's going people on. People are
0: sick of what's happening. They are sick of it. You know, and I have to tell you, uh, just because I want to tell you, I am sick of Congress. Yeah. I have been at this for a long time. And one of the the major reasons we're in the mess we're in is because we have elected such feckless, Absolutely. selfish, self centered, self aggrandizing, uh, make themselves rich congressmen. That's right. And uh, and so I, I I am and I've had it with nice guys who do nothing, who are placeholders. I've had it with that and so I'm all-in for you guys winning. I am and I just hope people are waking up to this. You know people have been so Lulled into well. He's such a nice guy and he held my baby and he's you know He came to see me and that the vanity of that is first of all just strikes me. That means nothing I have people there's just a whole plethora of congressmen Republican congressmen who have um Snowed their people, and he's our guy. He's there, and they'll come home and do these barbecues and talk a good game. But then they do—they do nothing. I've had it. I've had it with them.
4: I think establishment Republicans love being in the minority because they don't have to do anything. They can just complain and raise money. And then when they're in power, they do absolutely nothing. Yes, I know know, you.
5: Go ahead. You know, I I want to just add to a little bit of what you're saying because I've not only had the opportunity to speak within the 10th district, and I've only been in this race for 30 days, but. But before that, I was out there talking and had the opportunity to talk in other states about people just like who Joe's running against. And and I'm gonna tell you something, Sandy, that the the people are showing up for the first time, and it is incredible. It is incredible to see these people show up for meeting after meeting, and they have no clue what they need to do. They don't know what to do, but they're there and they wanna do something. And the groundswell that you are gonna see if you thought that the, 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 the Tea Party movement of 29 and, 2009 and 2010 was something, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's right. This, this thing is going to hit, and those people, those establishment people, they're going, the rhinos, they're going, and we're going to take our country back. That's right. It's, it's time for good Christian conservative Republicans to stand up and, and take a stand against even people in their own party.
0: I'm gonna tell you guys something that you may or may not know. Can you boost the level a little bit here, Michael? Um, I know there's a lot of background noise, but maybe not quite that much. There you go. Um, on January 6th, at the, to, in support of President Trump at that rally, the, the, uh, there was a huge, I've forgotten the percentage, but when they came back and, you know, the FBI's live been, you know, with a fine-toothed clone, then, combing the country for anybody that was there, uh, a good huge portion of them were business people. Yep. Did you know that? Business, yes. former military, former oh, police. Yes.
4: It's the backbone of the country.
0: Yeah, so and now as you probably know, they're wasting away in the D.C. jail.
4: With no trial. No
0: bail. Yeah. No trial. Yeah. No. They're, some of them are straining their water through their socks. They're being beaten by Uh, guards. I I am honestly, I am beside myself on this. And I'm beside myself, not only just that, the thing that makes me angrier is that a few blocks away in Congress, those with the exception of a handful of people, there's complete silence. So I just love your thoughts about that.
4: I think it's absolutely ridiculous and and un-American. We have a process here. If you get arrested and charged up a crime, There's a process that every American's entitled to. I would be outraged if this had been a, you know, Occupy Wall Street or, you know, a bunch of even even Antifa people that have been targeted and arrested like this and held without due process. Every American should be outraged about this. And the January 6th narrative that the left is trying to push down our throats that we're all insurrectionists. So much of that has already been proven to be a lie, especially the evidence around the death of Officer Sicknick. They lied about that. And they've been they've been adamant about going out and arresting every grandmother in a MAGA hat they can find. But how about the leaders? Who led that insurrection? Why won't they disclose how many undercover FBI agents, how many undercover uh, police and, and intelligence sources were there that were coordinating this attack? These I questions mean, have to be answered. I know
0: the thing of it is uh, the regular people. I, I talk about this almost every day because so many of my listeners, I know, were there. And uh, I would I've said this before, so forgive me. You guys will hear it for fresh ears. My husband and I would have been there except we had a health issue. We would have gone in a heartbeat to support the president. And I don't know if I would have gone into the Capitol or not. I could see me doing that. Uh, if they were welcoming us in, I wouldn't be breaking down doors or beating police. But uh, but we don't. We, now we know that the police themselves misbehave very badly. Yep. But the, the you know,
5: to add to what Joe was saying, I don't understand why we don't have a Congress that's not standing oh, out there on those Capitol exactly. steps yep, every right. day demanding that these people have their trial have their day in court where where are our representatives at
0: that's that's what i don't like this is the thing that i i beat this drum every day
5: and the other thing you you hit the nail on the head when you said that there are business people and just people you know why because the four years of trump granted we had a year of COVID, but the four years of trump Mm -hmm. people were buying cars they were going on vacation they were putting money in their pocket they were winning for yeah. a lack of a better word and they know something happened yep. they know something went wrong and it wasn't right and they want it they want it back and that's why i tell people every day just hang on we're taking our country that's back
0: right. you know I, um interestingly enough you know there are different mm, interests here of course and different kinds of involvement you guys have laid your lives on the line to run for congress and Really, it is laying your life on the line now. I mean, it's it's a not an easy thing to serve in that body right now with Nancy Pelosi running it, and uh, with all the all the other dangers. I don't even need to, s- to spell out. But there are a lot of donors, uh, big donors, who are you know dig- digging deep and they're giving money. But my understanding is that that the big donors want us to stop talking about election fraud that's just don't get it get beyond that don't talk about that election let's just get over that i'd like to know what you think about that michael
5: you know what i think i think that they're going to have a lot of egg on their face pretty soon sir. we're we're looking into it in georgia now it's taking some time and we're having to work through some of the court system but you're going to see some 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 evidence come out real soon and, and was there fraud yes there
4: was
0: i think the same thing's going to happen in arizona Mm -hmm. Joe, your thoughts about that?
4: So our elections are our sacred social contract that we have with our government. We the people get to choose who wields power over us. And so for any elected official or anyone who says they care deeply about this country to say that we need to stop caring about election integrity they're not a genuine and sincere person and we don't need them in the movement so really this is all about standing tall and protecting the republic that was bequeathed to us by our founders and if you're you're not in on that mission then we don't need you sorry
0: that's it i uh, used an illustration yesterday that i'm going to repeat on the air here i wasn't this may sound obscure but hang with me i was in cambodia a number of years ago and cambodia of course was overrun by the khmer rouge which were the red cambodians the, the communist Cambodians and they killed their own people they slaughtered them in the killing fields they, the, the skulls are stacked up you know all of this joke because you're military and I'm sure you know something about it too Michael um, but now uh, fast forward uh, however many years past Vietnam and Cambodia never they never had a Nuremberg trial they never brought people to justice so now Khmer Rouge who may have murdered your parents Uh, can live right next door to you it's just uh nothing was ever done about it and i um the s21 prison is uh -hmm. where they aligned they they, uh, raided. they pulled in all the intellectuals and tortured them the beds are still there with the blood stains on the floor these are the kinds of things that you can see when you go to cambodia my point is that uh, one of there was one man who stood up to take he was responsible for a lot of the killing and his Life changed, he actually became a Christian. And he volunteered, he said, I wanna go on trial. And he went on trial and I don't know if he's still in jail or not. But the point that he made was, a country cannot heal until justice is brought to bear on people that did injustice. And I thought about that a lot. I thought about he said the people of Cambodia are are depressed and confused because the, nothing was ever made right. It's just they just slaughtered a bunch of us. Our neighbors slaughtered us and uh, now we just go on as though nothing happened. Now this is not slaughter, but it is a gross injustice. And I think personally, uh, as a Christian that Mental health can only happen when there's, it's like with our children, Mm -hmm. they need to be corrected when they do something wrong. It makes them more stable, better contributing members of the community, and we cannot let this go. Can you guys stay with me a little bit longer? I'm enjoying this conversation. I have to take a break, though. Sandy Rios, in the morning, my guests are running. Joe Kent, Washington State, and uh, Mike Collins, Georgia 10, and uh, great candidates, and I hope that you'll pencil those things in and remember Uh, because they need your help. You don't have to be from those states to help them. Remember that. All right, so uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
2: Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at sandy at afr.net. At Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio.
0: Uh, here we are back again at no- the Noisy Anatole Hotel in Dallas, Texas. Uh, and it's uh, it's really uh, an honor to be here. And it's an honor to be sitting with two uh, patriots, uh, young guys who are running for Congress, Joe Kent in Washington State, Washington 3, Mike Collins in Georgia for Georgia 10. And just if you just tuned in, uh, Joe, we interviewed about three months ago at length. He's a military a special. Are you still in? No, you're out no, no, now. No,
4: no,
0: Special ops. His wife was special. Uh, she was in intelligence and she was killed in a battle in Iraq, I believe. In Syria. In Syria. And so now he's a single dad with uh, children and he's a gold star husband. He's running for uh, Congress out of Washington, three. He's cut skin in the game for this country. Mike Collins owns a trucking company in Georgia. And uh, as I understand it, Mike, you were one of the earliest supporters of Donald Trump down there, right?
5: That's right. I, yeah. uh, I actually supported Donald Trump before he was ever the nominee. So, so yes.
0: Yeah. All right. So I I left. I laid some heavy stuff out before we took a break. And I said talked about Cambodia and how I just don't think mental health can be had unless we reckon. We have to be reckoned with. Each of us. Each of us has to be held accountable for the things that we do. It makes us have better mental health, I think. And the uh, countries are the same way. And as, uh, just as Cambodia never came to grips with the killing fields, uh, we have to come to, that's my personal opinion, we have to come to grips with the stealing this election. Joe, why are you so convinced that this election was stolen? They keep telling us it is the big lie. Why are you so convinced?
4: Well, I think the, the data that we saw come out of it, especially Georgia, there was really good work done down there by the uh, Election Integrity Project. A good friend of ours, Matt Brainerd, did a lot of that, finding the national change of data, uh, address database. That, that ballot-level fraud that we could run down and prove, same thing in Maricopa County, uh, a little bit different in Pennsylvania. So there's just so many discrepancies that require us to look into them. I've seen enough proof right now that I feel that it needs a full adjudication. The problem is we had cowards in the courts who refused to hear it. It should have been adjudicated months ago, but now that's why when we get into Congress, I want to have a full congressional hearing where we subpoena witnesses, subpoena evidence, lay it out for the American people, because like we talked about, this is just so important. We have to have justice for this. The American people have to have trust in their system. If they don't, I've seen this before overseas, they're going to turn to other means to have their grievances heard than the ballot box. Our founders were genius. They created a, a brilliant system for people to live in harmony and pursue life, living in the pursuit of happiness. And if we're not defending that and we're not really safeguarding that, then we are failing in our duties.
0: Yes, we can't pass this mess onto our kids. Yeah. And anyway, whether we can pass the financial mess, no, uh, the election no. chaos, we've got to sort it out. It's got to be right. And the people that perpetrated the fraud have to be brought to justice. Absolutely. Uh, um, Michael, what makes you so convinced well,
5: that there you know, was fraud? you know, Sandy, I, for the past six and a half years, I've been the local chairman in our Butts County Republican Party. So when elections roll around, you need poll watchers and people to help do counting and recounting and auditing. And so I was there. I, I was there all the way up until December the 31st when I decided to bring in the new year with Corona. So I, you could sit there, and you, you can always look and see how to cheat. I mean, you could probably pick that apart on anything. But it was so easy with these mobile drop boxes, especially. And in heavily Democrat counties, what's to prevent someone from just, and, and it, this was tried at our, in our county. We only had one drop box, but it was actually brought into the counter, stacked up. Only one of them had a signature. The rest of them didn't. They didn't get counted. But if you wanted to, what would prevent you from just separating that envelope from that ballot, throwing it in the ballot box, throwing the envelope over there and say, you know what, I'll take my licks if they ever come say something? Mm -hmm. Nothing. And then what are you going to do? You can't go through and pick out that ballot. It's done. We need a full accounting. And why would a Why would the Democrat Party be so opposed to it? That's right. You would think we would all want to be on the same page because if you don't have confidence in your elections, you really don't have a country.
0: Well, uh, and also I have to go back to my theme, Michael. We know why the Democrats wouldn't want to do it. At least they're Uh, they're honest liar brokers. Yeah. Uh, But the Republicans in so many in in uh, in, uh, Michigan, it was the Republican. Senate and House it wouldn't do anything and in Georgia Georgia's you had the same problem did Amen. you not
5: yeah we're sitting, yeah, both so the house and the Senate we gotta, so
0: we got to make that clear it, I just I am not I'm not giving them a pass I, I I quit that a long time ago they don't
5: they don't need one yeah. they don't uh, yeah. folks like this fellow sitting next to me work they fought for this country for our right to our freedom and our elections and he deserves better than that
0: I agree I tell you what's Joe what's happening Well, that's a whole other issue What's happening in America's military is just, it's a gut punch, a gut punch with the political correctness, of critical race theory, with the the way the Pentagon is just a cesspool. I I say this often. I wish, I do wish, I'm not asking for people to die. I have to be clear. But I wish Washington would sink into the ocean. It's just a pit. it's It's a pit of vipers.
4: We definitely need a hard reset i think to to really clean out all the rot all these issues are deeply tied though from the stolen election to the critical race theory being put in the military it's all the left's effort to get complete and total control so the first thing you do you steal the election you flood the zone of all those paper ballots all their all your operatives go into play the election's stolen but then the first thing you do when you're an illegitimate regime is you have to get control of the military the tool they're using for that is critical race theory so that's done to divide the troops at the lower level but it's also done to weed out the commanders that control those troops right. to see which ones will follow the regime. That's why you see all these senior generals doing all their woke virtue signaling. We laugh at it because most of the time it's ridiculous, but it's really them messaging to the Biden administration, hey, I'm on your side. You saw General Milley do that. He kept repeating the insurrection lie yes. when he was being questioned, talking about white rage, attacking the building. So they're running cover because right now the Biden administration is scared of all the evidence that's coming out of the... The audits, so that's why they're hitting this woke ideology and this narrative around January 6 so hard. All these things are deeply tied. The end result is control, total control.
0: It is total control. I, I just, um, as I try to game this out of my own mind, I, it looks like Arizona is going to be the first shoe to drop, don't you think? I think in terms so. of their yeah. results, and uh, and everybody sings the praises of what they're doing there. But I know, as I understand it, they have there's a there's some key pieces that the Maricopa County will not release now. I don't know if you know how much you know about this, but uh, so that's kind of a snag and we're waiting for that. But now, but Georgia, what's what, what's happening with Georgia?
5: We're, we're still in the middle of trying to get the audits done and, and complete some of the audits. And, and, and as a matter of fact, I think we just had a, a ruling from a local judge this past week. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what transpires in the next month, but, but to a broader issue, And and this is what, I know we don't have a lot more time, and I I just want to make this a a lot of what I'm seeing out there. The the type of person that you're going to send, and and I don't care if it's your homeowners association, your city council, your your board of education, especially right now, or the president of the United States, you need to look at everybody running. Mm -hmm. You need to look them up and down, because we've got a lot of people, a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing, and and the people that you need to send especially to washington right now i call them warriors they're basically soldiers you're putting everything on the line and and if you're not willing to put it all on the line you don't need to come up here or come up there because this is going to be a true battle over not just the republican party but america and you better have some folks that understand you've got to have a backbone and you better not be willing to bend you better not really be willing to ca- compromise. Mm-hmm. Who cares if you get canceled on this fake news media mess? I don't really care. I'm going to fix the problem. When I get through fixing that problem, I'll go back to Georgia yeah. and, and, I'll, and I'll get Which back to my Which is the way it's supposed name. to be,
0: as you well know. It's what the founders had in mind, citizen statesman, Go do your job That's for a it. time and then go back and, and into your home and do what you can do. And c- keep your, you know, I used to be in the music industry. I used to be a singer so i I spent a lot of time in nashville recording and uh i was i was from chicago at the time but it didn't take me long to figure out i'm going to stay in chicago i'm not going to go down and live in nashville i'm not going to go in there was a there's a culture that develops in these places a power broker thing Mm -hmm. and you get swept away and your head goes somewhere else and and D.C. is just not, they're not able to run this country anymore. No. They've lost, they've disqualified themselves completely. And so to try to come and keep your mind in the game, the real game, and not be influenced by all that is a challenge. Hardly anybody ever does it. And I would say, uh, Joe, there are some great freshmen that you guys would be serving with. I Definitely. mean, if they get reelected, I guess they they got to, that's the problem with Congress, you yeah. know, the House, you got to one every two years, but there's some great people there trying to do what you want
4: to do. No, there really is. Yeah, there's some great fighters like Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Laura Bobert. There's some There's some fighters there. They need backup. I mean, that's why we're both in yeah, this fight. Yeah. But I think staying connected with your district and maintaining that accountability with your people. So being a grassroots candidate, I'm, I'm getting out there to every county in the district and just getting to meet who all the key players are and just who all the regular people are, really. I mean, who? those are the people that are keep me grounded when I have a question and, and things seem... A little bit lopsided in D.C., those are the people you should call. You shouldn't be calling right, the people on right. K Street and the lobbyists and right. all those guys.
0: No, but that's what they do. That's what they do. Your governor is—when is uh, <laughs> is, when is he up for re-election?
4: Uh, he's also in 22. So, yeah, he's a, he's a globalist activist governor. So he's he's trying to be the next Andrew Cuomo. I mean, he's we're, well, sti- we're still well, locked down. We're still doing what COVID a goal, in Washington. What
0: a goal yeah. to be the next Andrew Cuomo. Let's see how many more yeah. people can, we can kill no, exactly. in nursing homes. I want to be that when I grow up.
4: Inslee tried it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So does he have a challenger?
4: Uh, he will have a challenger. I don't think he's been named yet. He almost lost this last time. So Washington State and Oregon, we've been doing paper uh, mail-out voting for quite a while now and Dominion machines for quite a while. So they say that we're like the gold standard for mail-out voting, but we don't really know when we had our last honest election. So we're trying to get a forensic audit right now. The state legislature is controlled by Democrats and so is the governor, so it's going to be an uphill battle because I don't think they want to open that that, uh, closet of skeletons.
0: See, it could be worse, Michael. You, should, could, be, <laughs> you could be running in Washington <laughs> yeah, yeah. State. <laughs> yeah. No, one instead you. you get to be from Georgia. <laughs> it. <laughs> it doesn't mean what it used to, does it? Well, yeah. I used to be from Illinois, so think about my own state. It's just gone to my city, Chicago. It's just just gone, That beautiful, beautiful city yeah. that it is. You
5: know, I, I think Joe hits a nail on the head when you talk about staying grounded with your It's It's a grassroots movement. We're seeing it too. You know, it, it, we've always been grassroots, and I always love being out with the people in our district. That's part of your job is to serve your district, your constituents. But having, I've only been in this race since June the 8th. <laughs> and for the amount of support that we have seen with our message, and people understand, I'm, I'm as dead serious as you can be. The grassroots movement across this country. It's incredible, incredible, and I, I am so looking forward to to people standing up in this next this midterm election and showing what we're going to do, and then going to Washington and, and fixing these problems up there. Yeah.
0: Do you have kids, Michael?
5: I've got uh, three grown kids. One of them just graduated from Belmont. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, all yeah. right. And then we've got twin sons that are 28. And the other really just, I it's just the way it works out, but our, we've got twins that are 28. They've been running my business for about a year and a half now. Two years ago, I split up my entire job duties so that my wife and I could travel and get out a little bit. And then, uh, so they've been running our business. So, you know, the opportunity is there, the knowledge, the background, uh, is there, and, and by God, we're going to take it. Yeah. And we're going to make a difference.
0: Yeah. I believe you. I believe you. Joseph, who, who takes care of your kids? you got two little ones, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And what are, your, what are your plans with the little ones when you win this race? Uh, do you have good parents and yeah so it's very very
4: supportive family i've been very blessed i've been in a very serious relationship for about the last year and some change so she's come in and really been wonderful with the boys and they love her so we're i'm going to take them with dc to me it's a long commute from washington state to (laughs) washington dc so when we're in session i'll I'll have the family there with me Um, that's going to help me keep focused on my my job there as opposed to having to get on an airplane every weekend and fly home um, so my, my kids come first, so they'll be right there in D.C. with me, and then we'll do summers and off-session times in the, in the district.
0: You could hitch a ride with Nancy Pelosi. You know, I'm she sure take a special plane home sure to she, res- she could sure drop be, you off. Yeah, she'd be yeah. happy to give me a ride, I'm sure.
5: Might push her out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, don't say that. They'll be after you. You know they will. Okay, I all was right. joking. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to add that. Uh, Joe Kent, Washington State, Washington 3rd District, and Mike Collins in Georgia 10. You guys, it's really been a pleasure it's to great. talk to you, and I wish you both the, the very best. Thank you, Andy. God's protection too, okay? Thank, Thank you, you very much.
5: Right. Joe, I appreciate your service. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, Mike.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Andy. All right, Sandy Rios in the morning on EFR Talk.